We don't actually ask to actually come and preach here, just by the way. We normally get asked by Andre. So it's not something we like offer to say, yeah, let me preach, let me preach. Uh, I know Steve's got, got next week as well, but we, we normally get asked by Andre, can you, can you preach? Now, um, a few, about a month or so ago, I, I got, a, got a thought in my head um, that said, no, um, I need to bring a message on encouraging the church, this church specifically, East London Shofar Church. So I said, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I kind of forgot about it. And then, then I was sitting here about a month ago and um, Andre was saying, oh, convergence is coming up. And then I got another thought to say, well, if convergence is coming up, that means Andre is going. I'm not going, so he's going to ask me to preach. I thought, oh, let me just not offer. Let me just keep quiet. And then like the next day on the Monday, I get this WhatsApp or email from Andre. Hey, are you, are you able to preach on, on Sunday the 5th? I said, oh, okay, well, that's obviously... Not just me thinking, you know, maybe I should do a message on encouragement. So, and, and the message is actually about, um, okay, you'll see there, it says about revelation, letters from the, from the end of the world. But the message is actually about hearing the Spirit. Um, uh, you'll see later on it talks about um, he who has ears, let, uh, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. And, and that's what the, the message is about. It's a short message, but mainly I felt I need to bring a, a message of encouragement to, to, to this church. Okay, so how many of have you have read Revelation, the book of Revelation, last, last book? Jeez, not many hands, eh? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I thought some people might have read. How many of you know about the book of Revelation? <laughs> okay, a few more hands. It's like a very hectic book, isn't it? That's why probably most of you haven't read it. It's, you know, it's got, it's got seven letters. It's got seven trumpets. It's got seals. It's got horses. Um, I think there's a... Take the next slide there. I think there's a, you know, there's like a, a red horse and a white horse and a green horse and a black horse. And, and then it talks about beasts and it talks about dragons and it wars and it's like locusts that are flying. It's like really heavy stuff, okay? Don't worry. I'm not talk, preaching about any of that stuff this morning. So you can, you can relax. It's, it's none of that heavy, heavy stuff. But, but what the book of Revelation was, it was a, it was a, a, a letter to, it started off with, with letters to, to certain churches, um, and, and those letters were, were revealing something about those churches, but it was also revealing something about Jesus. So if you look at, that was 2,000 years ago. God was speaking, Jesus was actually speaking to the church 2,000 years ago, and he is still speaking to the church today. Now, what I, the thoughts I got, I don't know, it might be me, it might be God, but that's what I feel God is wanting to say to us today for this church. So this is, I also, I was, I was thinking, I said, okay, in Revelation, John got this like vision with all these like weird things. So I, I, I kind of said, it'll be cool if I get a vision, but if it starts coming out like this, horses and dragons, maybe it's not so cool. So maybe it's better that I don't get a vision. I'll just, I'll just speak rather. Um, so yeah, um, about the message, the message that, that Revelation does, obviously the word revelation, what the book means, it comes from the word apocalypsis, which most of you know, apocalypse is movies called apocalypse and talks about the end times and things like that. But what, what, what apocalypsis means is it's an unveiling or disclosing of a reality that wasn't known. So it's basically showing us, revealing us something about something we didn't know about. Um, and this morning, there might be something <clears throat> that you individually might not know about. There might be some challenges that you need to maybe think, think of as well. So other than an encouraging message, there is one or two things to, to think of. So as I'm, as I'm sharing encourage, encouragement, think of whether you're in that category of, of yes, I've, I've 
I'm in that place where, where that's, what I, that's, that's where I am, and I'm receiving that encouragement. If you're not in that place of encouragement, say, okay, well, I need to step out and get to that place where I can be encouraged from that as well. Okay, the church, there was also, there's also a significance as well. Um, nothing in the Bible is by chance. Uh, you'll see seven, and most of you know seven is referred to as God's number, and, and it's a very significant number. Because there, there were seven letters to the church, and, and most of the message is kind of focused around those seven messages. Now, seven has a significant meaning in that it, it, it represents completeness. So, by giving seven letters and seven trumpets and everything, it, it's about being complete. So, the, the, this book is about a prophetic message that Jesus was giving about himself. Also, it sounds a bit weird, but it's to reveal Jesus, and that's the completeness. We need to know. Um, our relationship with God needs to be complete as well. So God tells us little things for us to get closer to our relationship being complete. I don't think we'll ever be 100%, but, but we want to aim to, to have this complete, um, perfect, perfect relationship with, with God. Okay, so the message that I want to share, like I said, it's a, it's a message of encouragement. So in Revelation 1, there was this greeting, welcome churches, uh, um, John is saying, church of, uh, this church of, we welcome you in Jesus' name, and today I'm welcoming Shofar East London in Jesus' name, and I'm saying that this is an encouraging message for all of you. Um, I don't want anyone to leave here discouraged or not, not encouraged, so we're going to lock the doors. You see, they're already locked. Oh, okay, so someone must have known what I'm talking about. Now, they actually lock it when they, when they count the, the, the offering. Okay, so the encouraging message is what this church has been doing well. It's not only about actions, but it's about what we're doing well and, um, and how we've been bringing glory to God and then how we can in, how the encouragement of going to the next level. So even if we are encouraged, we need to still go further. We can't sit back and say, okay, we're doing well, well done, let's just, uh, let's just chill. So we need, to, we need to go further and we're going to go to the next, next level. So the first message, I, I can't remember, I think about five or six messages uh, it's not seven like the seven messages in Revelations, but the first message I feel God is saying about this church in East London is that it is a worshipping church. How many of you agree with that? Come on, lots of hands, come on. And while we were actually worshipping, this wasn't in my message, but I, I, f- I felt I needed to do something also weird. But can, can, can all the people involved in worship just stand quickly, please? Put you on the spot. Come stand. All the people that are in a worship team, worship the, the sound desk guys, everyone that's involved in worship, just, just stand quickly. You listen, you can stand as well because you, you were part of the worship team previously. Come on. <laughs> and I just want to honor the worship team because they come during the week, they come and they, 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 they spend quite a lot of time practicing, preparing. They come on Sunday mornings, they come early and they practice and they prepare. And, and it's so much, we don't even know how much preparation it goes into, into worshiping. And I'm just so blessed by, by the worship in this church. And I felt God, need, God wanted to say, Shofar East London, you are a worshiping church. So I just, I just want to actually just pray for them. Um, if one or two of you can just, just lay hands on them as we pray, a quick prayer. Just, just lay hands on them. I, just want, to, I just, want to, just want to bless them with a quick prayer. The sound desk guys at the back can just lay hands on one another, seeing there's no one around there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Father God, I just want to, I just want to thank you and... and Oh, just, just thank you so much for this, these people and even the people that aren't here that are in the worship team, where they may be. I just, I just, want, to, I just want to pray a blessing over, over these, these worship team members. I just want to thank you for them. I just want to honor them. 
Lord, you are saying that you, you are honoring them. And I just, I just want to bless a special blessing on them in terms of availability of time that they've offered up so much, have sacrificed so much. And we just, we just thank you for their willingness and their heart for worship. We just pray a special blessing in their lives. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that wasn't part of my sermon, but I thought I needed to do it anyway. Okay, so in terms of a worshiping church, um, there's, a, there's a verse in John 4, verse 23, should be probably up behind me there, um, which says, but the hour is coming and is now, in this church it is now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And it's an awesome verse, and, and it's something that, that each of us individually, not only as a church worship providing a, a worship that is as awesome as it is, but each of us personally need to get to that place, place where we can worship in spirit and in truth. Um, and sometimes we struggle, sometimes we get it right, sometimes it's, it's, uh, the worship team helps us get there quicker, sometimes we struggle a little bit more and, and we have to push in. But the, the challenge is for us to get to that point where we can be in that place of worship, which is now, um, which is worshiping in spirit and in truth. Um, I've got three little, okay, is that what's falling all the time? The Holy Ghost is causing the Holy Ghost posters to fall. <laughs> uh, that's the sign that you have to come on Wednesday the 15th, okay. Um, I think Jesus Culture was here a year and a half or two years ago, I can't remember, um, some time ago. Jesus Culture came, everyone knows who Jesus Culture is, we sing most, a lot of their songs as well. And they came down to PE and I, I, I thought to myself, okay, should I go? Um, it's quite quick to easy, get in the car, go down, uh, it's, it's like really anointed music, and, and, and I sat there and I thought to myself, okay, do I go, or, or do I need to go, uh, and I just felt in my heart, what, it's great to go, and it's lacquer, if you can go, that, that's great, and you enjoy it, that, that, that's very nice, um, but for me personally, I thought, do I need to go there to have an awesome experience in terms of worship, and I said, no, I don't, I prefer to stay here at church on a Sunday, because I feel I have I experience the same type of anointing in worship than going to a Jesus Culture concert. And there's nothing wrong with going. It's, 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 it's good. I went to a Delirious concert many years ago, and that was awesome as well. But for me, it, it was saying, God was saying to me, enjoy what we have here. It's, it's anointed. Enjoy it. You can go to PE, great. But I didn't need to because I, it was an, an anointing worship within this church. Um, some missions, you saw uh, Yvette was talking about there's some missions coming up, and maybe this might be some promo to maybe you should sign up for missions as well. Uh, last year, went to, to India, um, uh, to a place called Dimapur, and what we had to do is we had to train, uh, I think it was about 22-odd people, Steve, we, we, we had to train um, people. Um, they, were, they were new Christians, new leaders, and, but they were from villages and uh, very, very plain people in terms of not living in the life, very rural, and, and we had to bring a message across to them, trying to teach them and disciple them um, of how they can go back into their church and, and make their churches grow. So our, our, main, our main task for, for three, three of the days was to train these, these, these new Christian leaders. Um, one of the problems was is they couldn't speak English, and they couldn't understand English. Okay? So we, we had, we had a, 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 a translator, uh, John, uh, and, and he would do translations and he would do the worship and there were another two guys that came in and helped with translation. But it was, it was amazing when we started worshipping. John would, would worship and, and they would, 
uh, we would put worship music on or he would, he would play worship music. And it, all of a sudden, everyone, and, and how it works, I'll just show that, that next uh, photo. On, on your left-hand side, the, the first two rows, there were all the girls sat there. Now, remember, this is now Indian culture. So the, the girls had to sit and almost be quiet and, and not able to really speak or, or get involved. They had to sit all quietly and reserved. They weren't allowed to, you know, I mean, getting up and, and doing what Claire and anyone, Janice was doing here, dancing, that was like kind of unheard of. The guys would look at them and say, no, you're out of line now. So the girls were sitting in the, in the front left row and the guys were sitting on the, on the right row, like this segregation, because it's kind of cultural for them to sort of sit separately. And, and then all of a sudden we started worshipping. We started worshiping. They would start singing in their language, and we would start singing in English, Afrikaans, or in tongues. I, I, don't, know. We were, I don't know who was singing what, but we were all just singing whatever we were singing. And all of a sudden, there was a shift in the spirit. And, and you look there now, and they, we were running around the church in a train and doing all kinds of weird and wonderful things. There was this, this, this shift in the spirit that all of a sudden, all cultural barri- barriers just, just fell aside. There was, no, there was no difference in culture. The, the language didn't even, didn't even matter. We were all worshipping in one spirit, whether it was in English, in their language, or in tongues. And it, and, it, and it just broke everything down. And from that point forward, it just allowed God to just move. And he did. There was, a, I think, a guy right in the corner under the NIN of a, Awakening. There's a guy there in like a Czech shirt. Um, Gerard, where you? You remember, you remember that dude, eh? He started clapping like for about 10 minutes. He was just clapping, clapping, clapping while everyone, we were doing our own thing. He was just clapping. He was just in a different zone and we were like praying for him. And it, it, just, it just allowed God to, to just open up something in their hearts and just, and just be free. Uh, another example of, of worship, it's not only in this church, but it's from this church taking worship in, in India. Uh, and, and that's how, how, how this worshiping in spirit and in truth. And uh, another story about worship is now we went to, to Tanzania um, uh, a few months ago. I can't remember how long ago it was now, but a few months ago. And um, we, we, we got to a point where we would share some, some testimonies or a word or a verse or some words of knowledge. And then, and then we'd sit and everyone would be like you, just sitting looking at us. And we're like kind of expecting people to like kind of respond and thinking, okay, this is now... Nothing's happening here. Come on, do something. Something's happening. And, and then we said, okay, uh, we needed our, our fearless worship leader, Megan, over there to say, come, with Megan. Or, or Megan would just get up and go and go to the piano and start, start playing. And, and all of a sudden, there was a shift in the spirit as well because it was a bit of a cultural thing there as well in that the people, it, uh, it was only the pastor and the leaders that would actually stand up and talk. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the normal people, if you want to call it that. Everyday person wasn't really allowed to get up and actually say anything. They weren't, they weren't used to giving testimonies. They weren't used to standing up and saying, well, I feel God is saying this. It wasn't in their sort of church culture to actually do that. But, but as, soon as, as soon as Megan got up and started, started worshiping, all of a sudden that all just fell away and, and then people started responding. It, again, it was a shift in the spirit because of worship. Um, that picture there as well, it's, it's quite interesting. That was a Saturday night. Um, that's actually on the night we started changing our, our whole way of doing missions on that trip. Um, we had things planned, and that night, we, everything, all the plans just get, got thrown out of the window and said, well, just wing it from now on. The whole, the whole, the whole mission, you just got to wing it and trust God for, for, for doing it. And that was the evening that also kind of started it. And 
you'll see there's a, they had a worship team there. There's a guy with the bass, there's a guy on the drums at the back, electric guitar. And what was also quite amazing, I think Megan will be able to say, all of a sudden, she, just, she was playing, I can't remember which song, but she, was, she was, started playing a song. And these guys were just, they don't know the song at all. And all of a sudden, they picked it up and they were just like jamming perfectly as if it was, if it was this worship team that had prepared and practiced and practiced. All of a sudden, they just jammed straight away to that song, unknown song. And again, that's just worshiping in spirit and in truth. It was, it was this unity that worship just brings so much together. So the first message is that this is a worshiping church. So I encourage us to carry on worshiping. Um, as a church, as a corporate church, uh, two weeks ago, I wasn't here last week, unfortunately, but two weeks ago, I was like blown out of my socks with worship as well. I thought it was like awesome. And it just seems to be going to the next level each time with worship. And I... I felt God wants to encourage this church to say, well done, you are a worshipping church. Keep on, keep on worshipping. And then from an individual perspective, um, individually, if you are, you, you can see where you are in that category. If you are in that category where you are in worship and you are worshipping in spirit and in truth, either personally or corporately, um, then you need, to, you need to challenge yourself to say, okay, I need to, I need to, I need to go deeper in terms of worship. I need to press, press in more. Um, before I came to church this morning, I needed to go to Ganubi Point for all the Ganubi people, you know that. Uh, go to Ganubi Point, I needed to sit and chill, and um, if anyone was around me, that's too bad for them, because, well, maybe you guys heard me. You, you're kind of close to Ganubi Point there, up, up top there, but I um, uh, had my car radio very loud, just worshipping with music and just uh, chilling before I came here, because it, it just does something for your own spirit. And, um, yeah. I think individually we need to be in a place where we can worship in a, on our own and come here and worship corporately. And there's amazing things that will happen just, just from worship alone. Um, we, we, might, we, might, we, could, we could just worship and not have a message and, and God will just move. We don't need to have a message. We, we can just worship and, and things will happen. Okay, so that's the first, first encouraging message. I hope you're encouraged by, by that. The second one for, for this church, and also a little bit for Shofar Church uh, in a whole, is that it's a growing church. We're not a church that's, that's dwindling, dwindling and, and busy petering out. We're a church that's growing. Um, again, I wasn't here last week. I shouldn't really say that, but I wasn't here last week. But I think we, we had a, a members thing last week where a whole lot of people joined the church last week. There was also a whole lot of people got baptized last week. Um, saw some photos on Facebook, um, the brave people that got baptized in the rain. Well done to you. Uh, any of those people here that got baptized last week? Yeah, well done, well done. Woo-hoo. Give them a clap. Come on, give them a hand. Yes. <laughs> and, and those are signs. If you, if you look at the, 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 the growth in numbers, we're not, we're not worried about numbers, but it's a sign. Growth in numbers, people getting baptized. That shows that, that this church is moving forward. So it's an, encouraging, it's an encouraging sign to see that, that this church, things are happening. God is moving. God is, God is causing people to, to grow personally, individually, and it's causing the church to grow as, as a whole. I also feel um, there's words in season, especially with, with Andre and Sonica. They're not here, but uh, I am being taped, so they'll hear the message anyway. Um, but, you know, if you look at the, the series that, that Andre, Andre is, is presenting, I think those are, are, are like so spot on for the right time. All the, all the words that he's bringing, the messages that he's bringing, and the series that he's bringing is, is just, you know, it can only be God that is giving him those messages for this time because they are words in season. Um, I, I believe that and, and I feel um, God is giving, giving that to Andre and Sonica so that 
this church can grow because of, because of that. Um, yeah, and we're not stagnant. Um, we, we are moving. There's lots of things happening. Um, if, you, if, if, you, if you look at shofar, um, what shofar means, it's a ram's horn. And there's certain significance of that. Um, I actually, actually had to, the next slide, I'll actually, I actually had to download this from the shofar website, by the way. So if you think I'm very clever, it's a copy and paste from shofar or Dr. Org, whatever. But, but what the shofar means, but what this means is actually for this church as well. And we've got, to, we've got to actually accept this to say, yes, this is us. This is where we're going. This is, this is our church. Um, it's just a name, but it's got significance in terms of what it's meaning. So what the shofar was meant, or the significance of the shofar, that used to announce the advent of times and seasons. So this church is, is being used to, to announce certain times and seasons. And we're going into new seasons. We are going into a new season. Um, and, and Andre is giving us messages to prepare us to go into a new season. Um, so so that's, that's very significant from this church. We are announcing a new season, a new, uh, announcing advent of times. It was also used for a picture of oil that used to anoint uh, and induct kings and priests, which is also fairly significant if you think about that we're going to be used to anoint kings and priests. In other words, we, we're going to, and, and I kind of see it that you guys are the kings and priests, okay? And you're going to be anointed. You are kings and priests. You are going to be anointed to go out and do the work that God wants us to do. So, so I want to encourage you that you, if you are a king and a priest, and you are going to be anointed from this church. You actually are already anointed from this church. It also was a signal to summons a war. And we are in a war. We're not, we're not just, oh, yes, go to church, happy clappy, go on. It, it's like serious stuff. There's serious stuff happening. Um, for some of you that have been involved in ministry, there, there's... It's not always that easy because you, you want to do something, but there's always some things that are getting in the way, little stumbling blocks, or sometimes there's attacks where, where Satan doesn't like something and, and he, will, he will make sure that, that things get in your way. Even simple things. I had to phone Steve on Thursday. We came here to, for Ignite. We arrived here and lights are on, but the plugs aren't working. Okay, now we, we need to worship. We need to do stuff. No, no. I couldn't figure it out. I look at the distribution board. Now everything's on. No idea. So like, okay, phone Steve. <laughs> Steve, what do I do? Uh, there's some problem with the electrical switches. So I can switch them on and off. And I was, I was just playing outside, switching on and off, switching off mains and switching different switches until it came on again. So, and then it came on and then it went off again. So I had to go switch a few switches again and it came on again. But it's fun. It's all fun and games. But sometimes it might seem strange. That might just be an electrical fault, okay? But sometimes those, those are things that get put in our way to see, okay, these are the challenges that you have to see whether you're going to freak out or whether you're just going to say, okay. Um, well, I also prayed. I didn't just switch switches on. I said, Lord, just sort this electricity out now. Come on. Um, so uh, there, there are times where, where we need to um, go, know that we're in a war. It's, 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 not, it's, it's serious stuff. We are in a war. And then also the shofar was also a, a metaphor for prophetic urgency. Uh, and authority and mobilization. And, and I think that's also a very uh, awesome word for this church, that, that we are, as a church, so far as London, we, we, are, we have got a prophetic urgency. We, we've got a prophetic urgency. Andre has also been trying to teach us a lot about uh, prophetic, the prophetic, and work, living, and, living and working in the prophetic, and, and the authority that goes with that. And I think we need to 
we need, we, I think one of the challenges is we need to go, we go further. We, we have these little bits of prophetic and then we like kind of die off and wait for the next sort of seminar on prophetic and then we do this prophetic thing again. It should be a common thing. It should be something that happens almost every Sunday, I feel. If someone has a prophetic word, they should come up and they should give a prophetic word. It shouldn't just be twice a year when we do a little prophetic seminar or training. It should be a common thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I really feel that this prophetic urgency is, is something we, 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 we have started, but we need to go, go forward as a, as a church. Okay, so worshiping church, um, growing church. The next one is the Great Commission Church. And I think we're doing very well there, I must, uh, must say. The, everyone knows the Matthew 28, uh, the Great Commission. Just read it. Um, Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I will be always with you even to the end of the age. Now, as a Great Commission church, I think God is saying, yes, Shofar is London, you are a Great Commission church. If God looks at this church, I feel, and God looks at it and says, yes, Shofar is London, Great Commission church, well done. I want to share something about the vision and, state, the vision and mission of this church. But if, if you look at what's been happening in, in this church in the last two years, there's, there's been um, healings and miracles. Um, uh, Andre's got the stats of how many, but it's, I think it's 100 and something. I don't know. There's, there's lots. We don't, we're not going to worry about numbers. But there's been numerous healings in this church or from this church on, on mission trips or wherever, wherever we may be. From, from this church, there's, there's been stacks of healings, okay? We've gone on missions. So the Great Commission in terms of going out to the nations. We've, we've, gone, we've gone on missions, and there's a little map I'll show you just now as well. In terms of ministry, people are getting words of knowledge. And, and I, I want to encourage you to, to, to do it more often. Rosie had a word of, of an elbow. Maybe someone is here with an elbow or not. We'll pray for you later. But, but to be able to step up and say, look, there's, there's an elbow. I, I had something on Thursday which there wasn't anyone with a leg. And, but it, if you don't step out, you never know. Um, I've got a story about that stepping up and getting it wrong as well from, from the mission strip as well. Um, but I'll, I'll reserve it for another photo up top there. But ministry, you know, just operating in the gifts. If you've got a, if you've got a certain gift that God has, God has given you, then, then, then don't be shy. You need to stand up and say, this is what I feel God is saying. Um, yeah, and then also w- within life groups, if you're looking at the Great Commission Church and people growing and everything, if you look at life groups, if you look at Bible school, if you look at um, the encounters that we do in this church, people, people are, 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 are being brought in with, with those type of life groups and Bible schools and people are growing and, and people are being discipled. So one of, one of the things, um, one of the, the mission statements of Shofar is um, uh, to reach nations and generations through disciple-making, leadership development, and church planting. So that, that's all part of the Great Commission, to reach nations and generations through disciple-making, uh, leadership development, and church planting. And, and, I, and, and I feel this church is very good at discipling. We have different um, meetings where people are being discipled. Even in the life groups, people are being discipled in the life groups. Uh, even, even our sermons, we, 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 it might be, Sometimes feel a bit overwhelming, but we send our sermons now. This is a new thing. We send it to Andre. He checks our sermons out before we, we preach and gives us advice in terms of how we can, because we we're, not, we're not preachers. We're not, we're not good like Andre. 
so we need to try and get to the same level as Andre. So, so send, send the, the sermon to him. And, and he, he's quite busy, and he's on a conference and everything, but he, he wrote me quite a long email with suggestions. Okay, maybe this is great, and maybe you should do this and change this and do this. Like, okay, cool, I'll do that. For me, it's great because it's a learning experience. Um, I'm humble enough to say, okay, thank you, I'll do that. I'll change this and take it out. But, but he knows better. He's got the experience in terms of, of preaching. I, I don't really, I just do it once or twice. So, so I'm, 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 I'm willing to and, and eager to receive that disciple making that, that he's doing. Even um, when we have um, Bible school, there's uh, the people that do the Bible school uh, teaching. There's, there's times where we get together before, before that so we can, we can learn from one another so we, we can um, improve on, on teaching Bible school. Uh, life group leaders get together, and, and there's, a, there's a training and a discipleship experience with, with, with life groups. So um, there's a lot of discipleship uh, happening within our church. Um, if there's a map. The next slide, there's a map. And this is now maybe the promo that uh, um, Yvette was saying, missions is coming up next year. Um, I'm, okay, I won't say. I'm, I'm, still deci- I'm, I'm still undecided. I'm still asking God whether I'm going or not going on mission, so maybe I, I should be the, not the best person to sort of uh, mention this. But on that map, that, that's our map so far. You'll see a little star at East London. So we've, we've, we've had a missions in East London. We've had a missions in Durban. We've had a missions in Dar es Salaam. We've had a mission in Mombasa. We've had a mission in Mumbai. And we've had a mission in Dimapur so far. And that's just in the last two years. So that is awesome. And I think God sees that and says, so far, Yo, lekadun. How do they say it? Eh? <laughs> and then there's question marks. You'll see there's question marks in South America, a question mark in Africa, a question mark in Asia, and a question mark in uh, Europe. I didn't put one in Australia and, and, and America, so I, I don't know if maybe God wants to send us there, but that's kind of where we're going to go next, maybe. We don't know. We're still praying about it. There are some places we, we feel God wants us to go to, um, and I'm only still Andre Sunday. I think you'll make a make a, a, a announcement about that sometime soon. But 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 we, the, those stars are going to start that map. We're going to keep a map. I think it's a good idea to keep a map and start plotting all the places we're going to as a church. So next year there's going to be another two or three or four stars. I don't know how many how many people are, want to go on missions next year. But great commission going out into the into the nations. There's the nations we're going out to, and that's that's an awesome encouragement. Um, when we went to, to Dar es Salaam, the, the, the next slide will show there's a guy there, um, a guy with a white shirt. His name is Elvis. Now, we, were, we, went, uh, we went to a, a campus. It, it was all student ministry that we had to go to. So we went to this campus, and we said, okay, we want to, it's almost like a treasure hunting. We didn't call it treasure hunting. We wanted to get words, specific words of knowledge and go out and find people, pray for them, and set them free or or um, uh, evangelize them, bring them, bring them to Christ. Uh, and the biggest part that we wanted to focus on was to teach the local student ministry guys on, on, to disciple them and show them how to do it. So we, we weren't there to do it. We were just saying, this is what you need to do. And, and in this occasion, this Elvis, he was, he was blown out of his mind. That whole week, he was just blown out of his mind about how God was speaking to him individually. Uh, and that God can speak to him. Because there it was always speaking to the pastor. Always the pastor. So I, I stood up and they called me pastor. It's like, no, no, no. I'm just like a normal person. I'm the pastor. But they called, everyone called me pastor. Like, okay. But 
what happened there is I thought I had a word of knowledge about something. I said, no, we've got to go to, there's a whole hostel there. I have to go to this room number. I can't remember the room number, but I got it wrong. There was no room number. That room number didn't exist. It's like, okay, I didn't get it. Good, good teacher, hey, tell them how to do it. Like, oh, come on, you know. Anyway, so I said, okay, that didn't work. Let's go here then. So it was just like, did something else to try and forget about my, my boo-boo and get in a room number that didn't exist. And we went and we met a guy, we chatted, and then we met another guy, chatted, and, and then all of a sudden this Elvis, we were, uh, there was a guy carrying water over, um, filling up a, a bucket of water from a, from a container. So I said, Elvis, you, you need to go and speak to that guy. And then, and then he went over and he's sp- he speaking to him. And as, he, as he was walking over, God, God, gave him a, God gave him a word of knowledge about this guy to say, this guy is a Muslim, and this guy has got questions about um, Christianity. And he went there and he was chatting to this guy and this guy was a Muslim and this guy had a whole lot of questions about uh, Christianity. And God gave Elvis all the answers for that. And after that, this guy's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, you, you, he was just like, he was just so stoked that, that God spoke to him and, and all of a sudden, straight away, God gave him all the answers. And, and that was about, it was about discipling. And then we went and we went to go chat to two guys at the cafeteria, we sat down, like, how's it, how's it going, you know, what you doing? And Chatting to two guys, the one guy, chatting to him about Jesus and, you know, do you know him and do you want to know him, that kind of stuff, you know, like everyday conversation. So the, so the one guy said, no, no, he's like, not, not today. He's not quite ready yet. He knows about it, but he's not quite ready. Like, okay. And then this other guy in the sort of red and gray start, uh, uh, um, uh, shirt, he said, no, I, I, want, I want to know this Jesus of yours. And that was like pretty cool. And then Elvis said, okay, I must pray for him. I said, no, 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 you pray for him. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting and chilling here. You, you're doing the work, you do it. And, and that's what it's about. It's about discipling, letting them, letting the people learn from, from the, our disciple, discipleship. Um, and I think this church does it very well um, in the missions, within the church, etc. The next encouraging message is a message about you, this church is a church of testimonies. There are numerous testimonies. Um, another verse in Revelation says, And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not li- live, love their lives to death. I don't really want to say too much. I was going to leave it open. I um, don't know if there's time, but this church, is, there's even videos being made of, of testimonies coming out of this church. Uh, of people that have been healed or people that have been set free. I, I could stand here and give you numerous testimonies of how God has worked in my life and changed my life and from a business perspective or from an individual perspective. I'm not going to bore you. Some of you have heard it already. But there's numerous people. How, how many of you, maybe I can just show of hands, how many of you have got a testimony just in the last year? See, there's probably a lot more that are shy to put their hand up. Does does anyone feel they need to share that testimony now this morning? No one. You don't have to. I just want to put it open, open out there. Uh, just had the thought, if there was someone that feels they needed to share their testimony, then you're welcome to. If not, we're going we're to move on. But I think the encouragement part is looking at the number of hands. The testimonies, this is, a, this is a place of testimony. This is where people can testify of God's goodness and of God's love. And I think that, that's, that's encouraging to me and that's encouraging to God as well. Okay, next letter to Shofar Islam and Church. This is a relevant church. And you see the first part there might be a bit uh, funny. It says this, this is not an old-fashioned, not too old-fashioned, and it's not new age-ish. 
I don't even know if that's a word. Um, it gets underlined in words, so it's obviously not an not a English word. Um, but all I can say is I'm, I'm just so glad. I've been to a couple of churches before. I'm just so glad I'm here because I go to churches where the spirit is just like non-existent. It's just like religious. I actually come from a Catholic church originally. Nothing wrong with the Catholic church, but yeah, it was like kind of more religious activity to me than anything else. I didn't, I didn't feel the spirit there. Um, but uh, yeah, and then another church I went to, um, a very biblically based, but then when it started coming to the working in the gifts of the spirits, like, oh no, that's like not so cool stuff, you know, don't, uh, you can't like hear from God and say that kind of stuff, you know. So this church is open for what God wants to do. This church is open for operating in the gifts of the spirit. This church is, is relevant in terms of uh, attracting a certain, uh, this, this culture and, and this generation. So if you look at all this church has got, we've got Facebook, we've got uh, podcasts now, we've got uh, videos. Uh, there's no video today. Mike? Sorry. No, no videos today, fortunately. But they're going to start videoing us as well, preaching here. So I asked Andre, are you videoing today? He said, no. I said, yes. Good. I could put it just like this pressure here of someone with holding a video camera checking you out. But, but it's great because what it, what it means is we, we're reaching a generation which is electronic age. People are, are operating the, on the internet and electronic. So, so when there's podcasts and videos and, and things that people can, can, I mean, like movies and stuff like that, that's what people relate to. And, and this church is relevant in terms of relating to people with, within today's society. So, so those were the encouraging messages that I, I felt uh, specifically God wants to say, show forest London, you, 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 are, you are doing well in those, in those areas. There, there are a few, just uh, I'm going to try to go through these quickly, but there are a few challenges I also felt reading, reading the, the seven messages or the messages to the seven churches, um, that there's one or two things I felt could be applicable to, to this church, and I just want to mention, mention them. But there were, message, there were seven churches that there were messages to. There was the loveless church, persecuted church, compromising church, corrupt church, dead church, faithful church, and lukewarm church. I'm going to quickly touch on four of them um, that I think uh, we might be able to relate to. Not as a church, but maybe uh, isolated issues in our lives that we, we could probably learn from. Um, before I do this, there's, there's some common threads through these letters, um, and, and that's maybe more of the focus that I'd like to focus on. First, first common issue out of all these letters was that Jesus knows our works. The letters all started to say, I know your works and your labor and your persecution and this and this. And, and, it, and it's a reminder to us that Jesus knows our heart attitude. Jesus knows what we do. So, also had a, had a feeling during worship that if there's anyone that feels discouraged that they're they not being, you know, you, you don't, you're not being recognized or you don't, you don't think people or anyone or God sees what you're doing. It might be something small and you feel, oh, no, that's not really important and you, you don't feel encouraged from it. I want, I want you to be encouraged this morning to say, God knows your works. God knows your motivations. God knows your heart. And then the second thing which I started with is in each of those letters it says, he who has an ear, um, um, let him hear what the Spirit says. And that's what I want for each one of us. I want each one of us to hear what God is saying. We need to be hearing from the Holy Spirit on a continuous basis. On a continuous basis. So when you're walking down the street, 
you hear God and you, you, need, to, you need to act on that. So not only hear, but also act on it. So each of us need to be hearing God. If we're not hearing God, then, then, then we, need to, we need to get you to a point. Each of us must get to a point where we need to be hearing what the Spirit is saying to us. And then the other common thread is there's a reward. There's a reward for, for, for overcoming these certain issues in our life. There's a reward. And that reward is, is Jesus. It's eternal life. Um, and it's a relationship with Jesus. That, that's the reward. So, so the, the common things are, are more the issues that we need to focus on. Instead of looking at persecution and com- compromising, those are not so much of the issues. The issues are hearing God, doing what God wants us to do, and receiving the reward of, of eternal life. Okay, very quickly. Persecuted church. We're not, we don't have a persecuted church. We're open. We, we're pretty free. Uh, I know in Iraq, they got a bit of persecution now with ISIS. That's like, that's... That this, this message could be for them, persecuted church. They, they, they would be really, it would be really relevant to them. But there's some small things that I just want to touch on. Um, the verse in Revelation says, I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And, and the things that I kind of read, out, read from that, which, which we could learn from, is um, sometimes, and this has happened, I don't know, in, so much in the, in, in the recent uh, uh, events, but... Sometimes even Shofar East London, or you as a Christian, people speak badly about you, and they say, I remember when I first started coming to Shofar, and someone said, Shofar, is that like a cult or something? Like, what, what church is this? You know, they thought it's like weird church, because it's not like a Baptist or Assembly of God, it's like a funny cult thing. So someone actually asked me, is that like a cult? I said, no, dude, this is like a Christian church. This is where we, we meet with Jesus kind of thing. Um, but, and then there's other, other times, some other churches have said, no, Shofar is stealing all the young people. Bad church, stealing all the young people. We've got no young people in our church because they're all coming to Shofar. It's like, well, you know, so what? You know, if people want to come here, they come here. Well, you're not stealing anyone, you know. If people feel comfortable coming to this church, then great, come to this church. And because of that, there's been something said about Shofar, um, negative things said about this church. So uh, we're not going to worry about that. We're not even going to spend any time on that. We just move, move on. But, but sometimes we get persecuted individually. And I, I can... Not so much persecuted, but we, we, we get challenged sometimes with uh, sharing our Christianity with people. Uh, in my family, um, sometimes uh, certain parts of my family or members of my family that, that aren't, they're backslidden. And, and if you bring up the topic of Christianity amongst one another, there's these snide little remarks about, oh, yeah, this and that. And, and, and they try and sort of attack you and, and, and try and um, bully you or mock you for being a Christian. And sometimes that's something that, that some of us can, can come across more, more often than being persecuted. It's is just that little, little things that people say that, that you as a Christian, and, and oh no, but these Christians this and Christians that. And, and that's something we need to actually stand, stand up for. Um, and, and I think the, the, the key issue is, is what this verse says um, in the reward. Um, in Re- Revelation 2.10 it says, Be faithful until death and I'll give you the crown of life. And it goes on and says, he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. When I read that, the first thing that popped to mind was, okay, um, uh, uh, the second death and this uh, faithful until death and the crown of life. The crown of life is Jesus and eternity. Okay? So the first thing you need to know is, you need to know that you know that you know that you know that you are spending eternity with Jesus when you die. Okay? That's the first, first thing you need to know. You need to know you've got a relationship with God 
if anything comes to you today, to, tomorrow, whatever, um, you know you're going to heaven. You're going to spend the rest of your life with, with, with Jesus and with God. It's going to, you need to know that, first of all. The second part is, what about others? So, other people might not know that they know that they know that they are going to heaven one day. And this church, being a Great Commission church and a growing church and a prophetic urgency church, etc., etc., needs to be the church that has to go out and tell all those people that you need to know that you know that you know you're going to heaven. So that must be through our life. Our life should show that. Um, uh, we need to, I think that the next series that Andre is doing, the 19th of October, I think is an outreach service. So you need to invite people. If you know people, you need to invite them and say, come to church, come join us here. It's like a cool place to be. Um, you need to invite people. You need to pray for, for people. Pray for the people in ISIS that are being persecuted. Pray for those persecuted churches that people can come through and there can be a, a testimony from it. Pray for people that you know in your family. Pray, pray for words of knowledge that, that, that you will get a, a word from someone that you don't know and that will be the key to them moving and coming to Christ. So we need to position ourselves that we hear, let, let you as an ear, let him hear, hear from God and share what God wants us to share. Okay, then in terms of compromise in church, there, there's, I felt there was one or two things I needed to share on compromise. And this isn't a compromise in church, but individually sometimes we could compromise certain, certain things. Um, again, the verse, Revelation 2.13 says, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Now, that, that sounds like really weird as well. We dwell in where Satan's throne is. But if you think about it, today's society and the world we live in is controlled by Satan. We gave up our authority and Satan's, this world is going to the dogs, as they say. The society is a mess. It's just pornography and adultery and sexual immorality and drugs and rape and verbal abuse and manipulation and, and so on and so on. The, the world we live in is a, is a really messed up world. So the world, we are, we are, we are living in a world that's been compromised. And what we need to do is we need to be able to stand up and, and, and not compromise in those situations as well. So if you, if you, if you think about, I, I had a, a simple example of business ethics. Some of us are businessmen in, 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 in yeah. Ravon was talking about some bad bosses as well. Uh, but there's a lot of, a lot of difficult um, decisions to be made in business. And there's a lot of unethical business things that are happening. I, I had two cases, three, three, two cases where where I was um, kind of not asked, but uh, there was a situation where we put a tender in for a job, and this guy phoned us and says, uh, I've got this tender here, and oh, we need this and this, but we need to talk. I'm like, okay, what do we need to talk about? No, no, we need to, can I come around and we can chat about stuff? We need to maybe, you know, have a chat about this tender. I said, first, first I was like dwarf, I think. Uh, I, I, is there something missing? Like, did we forget to send a certificate or, or something wrong with our costing? You know, or why must we talk? No, 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 it's fine. You know, but we need to just chat about this. You know? I said, the tender's going to go in and, and yeah, you're going to get it, but we need to talk. I'm like, mm, okay. And then I didn't, I didn't take the bait because I was a bit off. And then, then he said, no, we need your BEE certificate. Okay, no, that's fine. I'll send it again. But they did have it, but I'll send it again. Cool. A few days later, the guy phones me again. Ah, oh, no, it's this guy again. Yeah, he says, no, no, we're like, we really need to talk. I think, but what do we need to talk about? Then all of a sudden I clicked. I said, ah, okay, now I know what he wants to talk about. I was a bit, a bit slow. 
So he wanted to talk to say, well, okay, I, I must give him a bribe and then we'll get the tender. You know, that's what he was insinuating. Um, it kind of, he didn't say it, but it, as it went along, that's what he was insinuating. It got a little bit closer to that each time. I was like, what are you wanting? No, 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 if you want this tender, we need to just discuss and negotiate. Like, oh, okay, negotiate. Now I know what, what's going on. Anyway, so I said, sorry, dude. You know, if we've got the work, send us a letter to say we've got the work. If we don't have the work, send us a letter to say we don't have the work. Thank you. Goodbye. And that was it. And then like a day or two later, we got the letter to say we got the work anyway. So uh, he just wanted to cash in on it. He knew that, that he was holding on the letter to send the letter out. He thought he could like, get a few bucks before he sends the letter out or whatever. So that, that was one situation. But a lot of, lot of times it, you know, people can say, okay, well, let's talk. And that's compromising. Uh, so a lot of times, biz, and it, that's, that's like a bigger compromise. There's smaller compromises sometimes that we do at work as well, but that was like a bigger compromise. At another situation where a colleague of mine well, a friend, kind of friend, uh, said, no, he's got a job. He can get a job. If we go in um, and, and we, we, we put a quote in, but it's for work, we got, we, it's not, not in our line. But he says, no, just put it under your company, you know. Uh, we'll put it in your company's name and, and we'll like, kind of do the work, but this guy, we must just give him a cut of it and he'll guarantee we get the job. So we must just add on an extra whatever amount of money on and then we'll get the job and, and we must just pay that extra amount of money to the dude that's going to give us the job. And my friend was, he, he was my f- friend. I call him a friend now. He's not really a friend. He was, was a kind of friend. <laughs> After that, he's obviously not a friend anymore. I was like, hey, dude. So I said, no way. He's not interested. That's not, that's not how you do it, you know. And he said, no, come on, we'll do it. I said, Forget it. Just, if you want to do it, you do it on your own. I'm not interested in that kind of stuff, you know. And you'd be surprised how much, how much, that, how much of that actually, actually happens. So uh, business ethics, people could comp- compromise as well. And I think the main thing about compromising is take a stand in those type of situations. Um, that same friend, um, we went, went away to DRC, he came with me on a job to DRC. And as we as we sitting, having a beer, uh, doing some work, he was telling me, no, you know, and he's married. Um, and, and he says, no, he wants to go visit his, his, golf, uh, his ex-girlfriend in, in Joburg while we're there. That Sunday night before we fly out, and he wants to meet up with his ex-girlfriend. I said, dude, what's wrong with you? You're married. Why do you want to meet up with an ex-girlfriend? It's like, definitely, no, no, just stay away from me. No, no, he saw on Facebook and he said, we was meet up. I said, dude, what are you doing? And then he's, then he's telling me stuff in, in, in um, DRC no, about these dolls and these girls. And I'm thinking, dude, you're married. And I had to tell him, are you, are you nuts? I had, to like, I had to try and preach. Maybe that's why he's not my friend anymore because he kind of stayed away from me now after that. I told him, <laughs> sort yourself out. I, said, I didn't say it in such a nice way. I, like, <laughs> I tried to speak his language a bit more. <laughs> but uh, I told him straight, you are stupid, dude. Kind of sort yourself out. Leave the woman alone. Kind of sort your marriage out, rather. Unfortunately, he didn't listen to me. He's divorced now. But you have to take a stand. You have to take a stand against that. And, and if people are talking that around you, you need to stand and say, hey, listen, uh, just stop that right here. That, that's, that's rubbish. Don't, don't, don't even think about that. I know Sonica preached a little while ago about uh, um, temptation going to contemplation or something like that. And, and that's where, where people start thinking about that, that you need, you need to stand. We need to stand up and, and say, this is compromising. This is compromising Christianity. And it's not on. And if it means losing a friend, or you think he's a friend, so be it. But you need to take a stand and say, dude, this is not on. So yeah, immoral behavior. Um, so people that are, that are having sex outside of marriage, you need to tell them 
wrong. Stop it. You know, people that are that are are, 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 are struggling with porn, you, you need to tell them it's wrong, but you also need to help them. So somehow you need to get that balance. To you need to take a stand and say this is this is this is this is wrong. We, you need to you need to stop it. Let me help you. Let me pray with you. Um, see how we can help you. TV. Yes, there's so much junk on TV. I was going to say another word, but yeah, there's so much rubbish on TV. Start watching TV, and then all of a sudden there's sex, and then like then there's swearing, and then there's there's just so much rubbish. And and you know if you're sitting with a bunch of friends, and all of a sudden there's a scene now where now there's some nudity and sex. What do you do? You're just like oh well, whatever. What do you say? Come on, guys, let's like put something decent on. What do you do? Do you take a stand or do you compromise and say oh, I'll just watch it. It's fine. It's not a problem. So yeah, sometimes there are things that we we can compromise in small little ways, and and, and we need to. We need to get over there. We need to take a stand. We, 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 we're a church that God is encouraging this morning, and we need to take a stand about any small little thing that, that, that we, we, we need to take a stand for. So the challenge from the compromise in church is um, verse in Psalms 24. He, who may ascend to the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in the holy place? He who has a clean hand, or he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted his soul up to the idol or sworn deceitfully. The idol is just putting anything above God, anything in, in front of God or above God. So we need to be clean. Okay, then the reward um, for, for standing up for God is um, receiving the hidden manna and a white stone. They talk about, uh, and I'll give you the white stone on, and, uh, on the stone a name written which no one knows. Um, where are all the Bible, Bible school people? People that are attending Bible school, where are you? Megan's not putting her hand up. You're scared I'm going to ask you a question. There. That's why you don't want to put her. <laughs> Can anyone remember? Did anyone, who was there for the blood covenant one? Okay. Can anyone remember who was there at the blood covenant, what the white stone represented? You didn't think we were going to ask questions on Bible school there. <laughs> maybe you're just shy. Or maybe it, you can't remember. But the white stone, what happened in the... In the, in the, in, in, on, in that day, it was the Greek culture. I think they had a white stone and a black stone. And they would judge you with these stones. So if they showed you the white stone, it meant you were innocent. If they showed you the black stone, it meant you were guilty. So what that verse is saying, the white stone means we are innocent. Jesus has taken it all, all our sins, and we are now innocent. And the name written on it is obviously our name in the book of life. We've got eternity, etc., etc. So, so we, we become Christians. We, become, we have a new identity. Uh, we have a new name. You guys kind of remember a little bit of that on, on the blood covenant stuff, hopefully. Yeah, Megan remembers some of it. Cool. Um, and, and, and we are declared innocent. So when we stand up for compromise, against compromise, God sees that and he says, okay, when you stand before me one day, I'm going to see that you are innocent. You, you are, your name is in the book of life. Okay, we're almost, almost done. The last, last one, the faithful church, I'm actually going to just um, maybe skip past it, but I think this, this church maybe is a very faithful church. So I just want to encourage us. I'm, I know your works, Revelation 3, 7. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. Um, for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have, have not denied my name. I think the, the, the main thing there is no one can shut it. We need to know that God, is, God has got our back. He's got our front, our side, everywhere. He's got our back. But, but God is for us. Um, when you start reading Revelations further and it talks about the Great Tribulation and stuff like that, that's why no one wants to read the book because it's like a bit of a freaky, scary book because there's like, Hectic times coming. But immaterial, when those times come, if those times come in our time, we need to know that God is for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? No matter what 
we go through, God is for us. And we just need to stick with that, be faithful, and God will still be for us. Okay. Um, the lukewarm church. I'm the last little one I want to I I look at. Now, as a church as a whole, I don't think we lukewarm. I think we, we're pretty fired up for God. Um, but um, the... The verse in, in uh, Revelation says, I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. Could wish that you were either hot or cold. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That's always like a very, very hectic um, verse, vomit you out of the mouth. But there's a reason why that was said. Um, in that day, this, this church, the Laodiceans, I don't know how you pronounce it, but those dudes, they, they, had, they had to get water which was nine kilometers away, Okay. It had to come on an aqueduct. So can you imagine water traveling nine kilometers through an aqueduct and then comes out of a tap? Do you think it's going to be nice and cold and cool? You know, those desert area, sun. Um, I've kind of been to the Middle East a few times and just to stand outside for, a fi- for five minutes is like bad enough to actually let water stand there the whole day and come out of the tap. It's going to be pretty gross. And, and that's what happened is the water came out and it was lukewarm. And it, and it tasted disgusting. And that's why this verse is saying, for those people, lukewarm water, I'll vomit you out. Because that's what people, that drink this water and it tasted like they wanted to vomit it. So um, this message was to that church and they could relate to their water supply being almost wanting, wanting to vomit. And that's, that's why they could relate to it. So not hot or cold. Hot is on fire for God. Cold is stay away from God totally. So God is giving us a choice. Either we're hot for him, we're on fire for him, or we, 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 we forget it. There's no in-between to say, okay, well, I'll kind of do this. I'll kind of, you know, commit to being a Christian and not half-heartedly, yeah, and kind of have another life, another side and kind of balance it around. God is saying, 100%, on fire for God or cold. This lukewarm stuff is no, no, no good. The, the verse also goes on and says, um, as, as many as I love, I rebuke and ch- ch- chasten Whatever, I can't pronounce it. Therefore, be zealous and repent. So this is the part, zealous. Be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, uh, I will come to him and dine with him. Now that word zealous, I had to Google it and say, okay, what are, what's the definition of zealous? And zealous actually means devoted, enthusiastic, passionate, and intense. And I like that last one, intense. Sometimes I'm a bit too much of an intense person. Uh, maybe the missions team that went to Dar es Salaam might think I was a little bit intense uh, with the preparation. We did a bit of intense preparations. You guys can say amen if you want to, okay? <laughs> I won't hold it against you. But uh, sometimes I can be a little bit intense. But that, that's my passion. My passion for God is I, I want to be intense. You know, anything I do must, must have this intensity to it. It mustn't just be like, oh, yeah, it's kind of, kind of important, you know? It must be this intense, intense... Um, so, so, yeah, we need to be zealous. We need to be devoted, passionate, enthusiastic, and, and intense about our relationship with God. So, yeah, some encouraging words. I want us, I want us to, to, to look at those encouraging, being a worshiping church, being a growing church, being a relevant church, being a, a church of testimonies. Um, and then some other things about compromising and things like that. that. That's for you to kind of think about if there's areas in your life that you, you feel you might be compromised. And that's obviously something you need to work with. If there's areas that um, you maybe are struggling with worship, um, then, then that's something you need to you, individually, you need to start of ask God, okay, God, 
where am I in terms of, of, of worship? Where am I in terms of the Great Commission? So if you think about just the Great Commission, go out into all the nations. Um, um, there is going to be an opportunity to... Is there a board already for missions? Yeah, sorry. There. Uh, you know, something like that. If, if God is speaking to you, remember the message is about he who has an ear, let him hear. So if God is saying you need to go on missions, then you need to put your name down there and consider going on missions. If, if, you, if it's not the missions, you don't feel God speaking to you about missions, but you feel there's a work of service that you need to do in this church and maybe, maybe get involved in, in, in an aspect in this church, then you need to do that. You need to just be able to hear from God. If, if nothing else, this morning when you leave, I, I want each one of us to just hear one thing from God, what God wants from you today, tomorrow, next day, whatever. But, but, but we need to hear what God is saying to us.